The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you comfortable discussing money and your personal wealth? If not, where would you start? Is it money and your family, money and charitable contributions, or business and personal wealth? This is Conversations with Money, featuring your hosts, Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our show is about real people talking about money. You will develop a better understanding about your conversations with money and also hopefully develop some new habits to make conversations about money easier. Now, here is Franco and Marissa. Welcome to Conversations with Money. I'm your host, Franco Caligiuri. And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski. Marissa, do you ever feel invincible? I knew you were going to ask me that. I wanted to ask you that. Oh. <laughs> Franco? Right. I'm your host, Franco Caligiuri. And I'm your host, Marissa <laughs> Do you ever feel invincible, Franco? <laughs> I did that one time. Yeah. And sometimes I do. But as we were talking about in last week's show, mm-hmm. I find that uh, as my life cycle, the decade that I am in, I'm starting that I am starting to understand that I am not, not invincible. Hmm. So, so that's kind of invincible? coming with age, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I definitely felt more invincible as well. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say that I've 100% cured myself from feeling invincible, uh, but I'm on track to, and I definitely, as I've gotten older, have become more aware of my lack of invincibility. I think I think when you're younger, you can kind of jump back up and you, you don't take things physically as hard. You know, you've got a quicker recovery time given just your youth. Uh, and I think that as I've gotten older and I've seen more people our age or 30s or 20s even getting cancer, it's a harsh reality check of the fact that we aren't invincible. But I do think, you know, it's funny we call it the invincibility effect or Superman effect. Uh, I think there's a lot of people that walk around feeling like it'll never happen to me. You know, I am invincible and uh, yeah, it won't happen to me. The, the, I, it won't happen to me. Uh, I definitely had that when I was younger, Mm -hmm. in my twenties and in my thirties. But I found that as I started to and I actually, I'm just thinking that it would I feel that way if I didn't have dependents or if I didn't have anybody that was dependent on me, mm-hmm. where now I have three kids and um, and uh, am married. There's there's a lot more responsibility right. that, that I've taken on that that I that I've taken on to to make sure that there's money uh, for food, money for shelter. And if something else happened to me what would happen to that? Right. What would happen to the family? What would happen to, uh, to, to the shelter that my wife and I, we've created. And also what would happen to the kids? You know, would they be able to still be able to do things that they, we want them to do and to be able to grow and and to be able to learn. Mm -hmm. And I find that that's, that's what I think about now where if I was to climb, let's say do some, some freestyle climbing, Mm -hmm. On the on the rock face, 
I'd probably be less inclined to do that now. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Then, when I think then, back to some of the things that I did, even some of the mountain climbing adventures I did that where people actually were dying, um, some of the, the really high altitude, and, and some of the things that I was willing to do, I wouldn't do now. Like I, Chris and I had a conversation about K2 and Everest, and uh, he mentioned the idea. I think he was actually just pulling my leg. I'm 99.9% sure, but there's a tiny part of me that thinks he wasn't, where he was like, babe, I want to do K2. I'll do it with him. No, I would lose my mind. I was like, no, absolutely not. You're finding a new girlfriend. And I was so adamant that he was like, it was too really? much risk. From you? Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? It's actually 25. I think it's, it was at one point 25% of those who tried K2 died. One out of four. And I was like, I'm not risking that. Like, there's no way I, I'm I'm wanting to, to be part of that. I'm going to call him up later on. I know, right? <laughs> to say you're going to do gay too. That's right. Well, I'll try to, you tell Carrie if that. If you told me, like, I even I'd be the same protective of you. It, it, But it's bizarre because if it was even five years ago, uh, I think I probably would have had a different approach. I mean, I, I was more, some of the things I did even two, three years ago, now I don't know if I would necessarily do again. I don't know. I think it partially has something to do with, you know, maturing to a certain level in terms of lifestyle. You know, a lot of my friends have babies. I'm an aunt. My sister has a new baby. Be, thinking more about, you know, the the next stage of our life and less about let's let's go and be, you know, crazy, adventurous people and taking risks. You can do that stuff without taking the risk. But 100%, I felt like I was way more invincible in years prior, as were, you know, the people around me. So this is an interesting conversation. I'm excited to have it because I think that this is definitely something that changes as you get older. And uh, Well, it, it's asking the question, if the unexpected happened to you, what would you do? Are you prepared? If Let's look, let's look at our own dynamic. In, in the business that we have here, we're partners in, in a business that is, is growing and, and it's, it's being molded to mm-hmm. what we want it to, to become. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a company where where we, we help and empower our clients to build a wealth that, that's, that's meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what would happen if... if uh, you told me you were sick or, disa- or you hurt yourself and you couldn't physically, if you were disa- disabled? Disabled. <laughs> Are you today, having a tough time Today I learned how to speak. <laughs> no, I know. I can't even fathom. If you, you called me and said, I, oh, God, knock on wood times a gazillion, but if you said you've been diagnosed with something and you need... You know, I, I did a little bit of research and it's, you know, between six to 12 months of treatment and recovery time for the average cancer, let's say. And and then hopefully you come back to work. Or a heart attack. Okay. Actually, I had a, <clears throat> a family member, a relative that um, did have a heart attack and had to continue to go back almost immediately go back to the business right. because they didn't have anybody to take care of the business and to run it. And the kids were, were younger. And so the business had to continue because they still had to make have money. Money. Yeah, I don't know what I would do if you weren't. I mean, the thing is, well, is I would need to find somebody to, there's a temporary fix, which we see all the time with people putting certain insurances in place to cover themselves so that if something happens, they have financial capacity to well, replace that person. We'll, we'll talk about that. I know, that. we'll get those into that. That's where my head goes, is like, how could we deal with the physical? But imagine those people that, that don't. Right. You know, right now, if we actually look at it, what do we have in place to to allow us to be able to continue on right. and to be able to replace income or to, if, if um if it is a prolonged or or if it's it's going to be a lifelong um, critical illness situation, yeah, 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 or illness, uh, or injury, 
what is the contingency there? Right. I would go so far as saying that the majority do not have something in place rather than the majority do. I would say the majority don't. And I think that's partially because of, and by in yeah, place, why, why I mean, is that? Why, I mean why don't protection we, plan for why don't, uh, why don't people have? Uh, I think there's two parts. I think prepare. that the invincibility, of, you know, thought or thinking that it's not going to happen to you is something that is pretty common for a lot of people. Well, a lot of people, you know, we've heard this, that if they speak about it, it will happen to oh, them. Oh, yeah. And then there's that. And then there's that. There's uh, We've talked about people where they say, I don't want to plan for, you know, life insurance or death or critical illness because then it, they have a greater likelihood of it happening to them, which obviously makes no logical sense. Well, I have an uncle, another relative, mm-hmm. family member. My, interesting, my family, just talking about it, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, he got life insurance and, and uh, I helped him set it up many, many, many years ago. And he, next time he saw me, he said, Hey, because you got me to get life insurance, I almost got killed. Uh, because <laughs> I mean, joking, of this, well, what I happened almost is got that he, he came out, he actually walked out of his, his car, opened up the door, and a truck just narrowly missed him. Oh, geez. And it was, it was funny to, for him to correlate this association that he got life insurance, so now so the now world the, was after him to, to, kill, to him. kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So if you get critical illness, no, what does would, that cover? I mean, the, the, the main three that I covered is heart attack. Yeah, we should say what attack. critical illness is. So, so critical illness, yes. a policy, an insurance policy, will cover for the main three. And the main three that the insurance company consider is uh, heart attack, stroke, and cancer. Mm-hmm. Now, there's, there's various forms of, of what they'll cover, and there's definitions of it. But yeah. those there's are actually the main many three. other, you know, just but for information as well, if anybody's interested. There's, uh, I think, 18 to 19 other critical 21. illnesses. That are additional. everything from Alzheimer's to Parkinson's to ALS, kidney disease, loss of a limb, um, loss, loss of hearing. Of, yeah, there's all, all everything else, but ninety percent, ninety percent of the claims on this type of insurance are the top are three, the top three, which so, is heart attack, stroke, and cancer. Exactly, cancer I believe is over fifty percent of the claims in total. So, so some individuals they think that well, if I get it, then I'm going to manifest it. I'm actually going to get right. cancer. I'm going to get a heart attack. I'm going to get um, heart disease. Yeah, and I mean that. Obviously, we know that doesn't make any sense because they're not related. It's simply planning. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know anymore what to say sometimes when someone says that. Well, let's take a look at how it, how it could be used. So, so let's say that um, that one of us um, had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. How would how how would it be used? Well, how would the, our business? use it or or how would we use so tax-free check for a lump sum so let's say hypothetically isn't there a waiting period there is 30 days exactly so 30 days after you're diagnosed i get a check oh you get i get it see ya (laughs) melissa step in here i'm going on vacation no i'm kidding so 30 days after diagnosis there's a tax-free lump sum check this is why it's funny i actually have to survive for 30 this was the first insurance that i ever bought and this is this is specifically to canada so whatever country that you are are listening in check with uh with the insurance company Mm -hmm. local insurance companies to see what they have available to you I, it's so, funny enough, I, not funny, but I bought this insurance. I purchased this for myself what do you mean by when this? I was critical, critical illness insurance illness. when I was 22. Uh, and the rates were super low. I've seen them go up personally, uh, maybe four or five times since then in terms of four or five times. Well, because the insurance companies now have, people especially actually, in Canada, people are claiming have, on it. Well, they have data, right? Right. When right. it first it came new. out over 15 years ago, 
ago. Yeah, it, it was, was new. Yeah. But now they have data. So yeah. now they're able to price it yeah. accordingly. What attracted me to this, I mean, this was a year after my father had passed away from cancer. So I felt particularly sensitive when someone pitched me on the idea of having a lump sum benefit that I could do whatever I wanted with. So why'd you get it? Because I thought it was that freedom. I thought it was potential freedom. So were you willing to, well, to listen to somebody? Well, freedom was the first word that came. Yeah. But it, I probably had my dad not had cancer. I probably wouldn't have felt so able to connect with the value. So why do you call it freedom? Freedom from, well, I saw how much my dad, he was alive after he was diagnosed. He had seven and, no, he had seven and a half months of treatments and driving back and forth to different, you know, non-traditional medical treatments and. So you're talking about alternative Alternative health, Yeah. And I remember... Which you had to pay for. Exactly. Your family had to pay for yeah. it out of their own yeah. pocket. Yeah. Did and you remember the cost? No, no, I didn't know the cost. I was in university at the time. What do you think the cost could have been? I'm not sure. Like, I did a, I did a bit of research on people's... The average cost of somebody dealing with treatment... Alternative treatment. Cancer. I mean, they say if that if you... They say, oh, I read that if you want to go to the States, because you could go to the States and get it, get it treated, United States, and get it treated really fast for a lot of the critical conditions, but you're looking upwards of anywhere between 150 and 250,000. However... Well, because in Canada, we have a public medical system. system. Yeah, of course. Right, and, and but there's waiting lists. Which that. is great, but I remember seeing my dad on lots of waiting lists for different things. And... Uh, yeah, so I felt kind of sensitive to it. And so, so, so when the insurance is used, especially in Canada, it can be used as a way to be able to use the money. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get tax free and use the money for alternative therapies exactly. or, or go to another country. I would have loved to see. I wasn't in this business yet. I was still in school. But had I been in this business and had a chance to sell that to my dad or put it in place for my dad, 100%, I would have loved to see him have that because it would have been at least taken away the financial stress. Until he passed away, he was talking about coming back to work. And he was always, he really believed, like he talked in the positive sense, like he was going to survive and come back to work. But can you imagine being, you know, in your 50s and what happens if you don't have that type of plan in place if you get sick? You don't have that critical illness, which is that lump sum check that you can use for alternative therapy. What do you do? Of course, you're going to pull from your savings. So you slowly deplete your savings in it attempt to live, which makes sense when you've seen it. We talk about it all the time when people are in that point where they're fighting for their health and they have an opportunity, a chance to survive. They'll take all their money. Money doesn't matter. They'll take whatever they have available to them to survive. So, I mean, and great, amazing when you do survive, but then you come back and now you have to rebuild your wealth. So I guess the reason I felt so passionate about it because I thought like, well, what if you don't have to do that? You know, what if God forbid something did happen and you had a backup plan? Obviously, I'm going to choose that. I think it was honestly, it was $70 a month or something to feel that comfort of security, which I didn't value until I had seen my dad go through that. But once I had had that experience, I remember thinking, this is a no-brainer. I literally told everybody about it and I was like, this is a no-brainer. And some people either connect with it because they usually I find people that have had some experience of cancer with either somebody close to them or a parent. They say this makes sense. Uh, but then, you know, some people are still, it won't happen to me. And it's hard because I've had, I've also had meetings with people where they say it won't happen to me. It won't happen to me. And they actually do get sick. And it's hard to not want to be like, I told you so, but not so, but I told you to plan. So, yeah, I feel pretty passionate about having this conversation today um, and hopefully, you know, directing people to, to get the information on how they can protect themselves so that if 
worst case scenario, they get a critical illness, they get cancer, they have a heart attack and they survive and they need, uh, they need financial security and they need financial options. It doesn't have to be that inconveniencing, inconveniencing, it doesn't have to be that much of an inconvenience now to set that up. Does that make sense? It does. Yes, it does. And, and thanks for, thank you for sharing. Um, <laughs> Just went on a big the, tangent. The experience of that, uh, you know, that your father went through and, and, and how you saw it and, and the reason why you attained and got critical illness insurance. Critical illness insurance, um, the coverage amount, you can get from $10,000 of a ta- taste. Um, Face value, ten thousand dollars. Face value, all the way up to two million dollars. Mm-hmm. And and so, how how did you come up with your number? Um, Would you insure yourself for? Do you mind sharing? If not, you know what? Yeah, no, okay. it was a hundred thousand right 100, off the bat. Okay. Uh, and how old were you? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Yeah. How many twenty-two-year-olds consider getting a critical, critical illness insurance? Probably not a lot. Um, yeah, I, for me, it was just, it, it really honestly was a no-brainer. And well, I've used that expression, no-brainer, to so many people. So how'd you come up with 100000 How did you determine that? It was just a base amount that I thought to myself, if I had to take well, how'd you, six how'd you months. How'd create that base? I was thinking about, okay, A, if I get sick, I can't earn an income. So there's an income replacement. Forgetting about the alternative treatments that I might want, there's also the loss of income. So how am I going to pay for fixed expenses? So I thought, worst case, a year. I need money to replace my income, and I need money for alternative health care if I wanted to seek that out. I, and, and honestly, I don't think 100 is enough. So you figured that $2,200,000 would have taken care of your income, would have allowed you to seek alternative therapy if you wanted to. Yeah, I want to hang up after this episode and go and do an application for 250 to change my 100 to 250. Honestly, as think I'm thinking about it right now, I don't think 100 is enough. You do it right now. Right now. <laughs> We're going to do a live <laughs> application, application for critical on. illness insurance on air. No, we won't. Uh, well, I think the, the well, it's, it's, it's uh, just what you went through there. It's a process. When you actually really start to talk about it, when you go through it, what why would I do it? And once you determine and, and, and look at why you find out the reason why well then you look at really it's never enough mm-hmm. but and I mean we can talk about this more after the well, break well this situation here yeah. yeah go ahead when you finish what you're going to say no I was going to say also you talk to people sometimes you say the word insurance and people are you lose them right away they hear insurance and they go to uh, you know it's fraud it's this it's that insurance companies okay. why don't you stop right there yeah let's go into a break and let's continue and I'm going to I'm gonna actually I want to bring that back let's up again let's do it let's do it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar. Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Think of the world. 
50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. I'm your host, Franco Calgary. And I'm your host, Marissa Sepulinski. So, Marissa, insurance companies are scams. Yeah, that's the perception. You hear it. Don't you see people's faces? I thought you going to rebuttal. Oh, no. Oh. You agreed with me. Oh, okay. no. But you hear it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> this is the problem. <laughs> I'm the insurance specialist, and I'm saying we're a bunch of scams. No, but you hear it all the time when you say insurance, and people's eyes already are, like, done. They well, check out. My, my perception was a negative one, and that and it was negative because my father said insurance was a waste of money. Oh, so you heard it? You heard it at what age? Like you? Oh, just as a teenager, up, teenager, even as a, as yeah. a young adult, young man. I remember having uh, this lady over at our house or my parents' house, and she was uh, trying to sell me life insurance. And I was, I was like, "Wow, this seems like a really good deal and good put, good uh, way to save." And my father comes home, and I just ask him, "Hey." Dad, what do you think about life insurance? Poor lady. <laughs> it's a scam. Tell her to go. Don't get anything. Don't buy oh, anything. Oh, God. And I was like, I'm sorry, but you know what? Uh, okay, it's not a good deal. Yeah. You know what? I'll think about it, but sorry. And she went away. And and actually, I almost walked away from this industry Huh? when they said that insurance is part of the planning process. Because that that was where I came from. That, you still had that link. I still that it was had a that scam. link. That's right. right. And and you could use your money in better ways. But well, it's incredible how sixteen years can transform that. Because as I learned, what it can do, and also the families that that actually can stay together, right? Where they don't need to lose the house. The kids don't need to um, not be in those activities, or mm-hmm. or the education needs to be sacrificed. Or all of a sudden, the assets need to be sold. I think that's they have the protection. That's what's so sad I'm to a me. Huge advocate of it. Yeah, now. and I, I I love your passion about it. And I remember connecting with you about this when we first started working together. Is I feel like it's so sad when someone's sick and you have to worry about the financial uh, it is obligations sad. and responsibilities and repercussions. Especially you know what tools are available to them. Totally. If you're in the process of dealing with an illness. You know, there's enough of a transition on yourself emotionally to deal with that, let alone to have to worry about well, your, your finances. Fam- and well, and also your, and family your family, too. Yeah. Like how many times have we heard it from people, uh, their, their comment is, well, my family will take care of me. Right. Well, what, what, 
a burden that you put on the family. Yeah. Imagine and, and does first- your family know that they're your financial backup plan? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think as, as being being a parent, I would be absolutely, I will do whatever it takes, right? But if it's long term, yeah. How about to having to convert the house to where now it's wheelchair accessible, right. or have to change the house to to where it's more suitable for somebody with the injury that they have or it, uh, the illness that they have? So you yeah. need to make it more comfortable converting the house or even the vehicle, special vehicle or transportation, visits to the doctors or going outside the country Mm -hmm. to take care of yourself, the hotels, the foods, uh, having family to come because you're not going to go yourself. Right. What what, what are they going to do having to take away from their business or from their work? Yeah, money shouldn't be an issue. But the thing is, it is. that's right. I didn't even think about that. So like when my dad was sick, that was my mom's life for the eight months that he was sick. She, she, and didn't she have her own business? Yeah. And so she was pretty much out just taking care, not out, but out of any commission of ability to earn an income. And, and she would, she wouldn't do it any other way. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I am ridiculously grateful that she had the capacity to do that. But, see, but we don't what think about if, that, right? what if she didn't have the financial capacity to do that? Right. And she had had to work and left my dad alone when he was dealing with the sickness. Oh my God, that's so and sad. A lot of people do. Right. Right. It is sad. So now I want to just tell everybody that they need to protect themselves from critical illness and disability. And you know what I really want to say, and and hopefully people get the message of the importance, is if you're thinking to yourself, if you're listening and thinking, okay, this is important, I get it, I need to protect myself, it's not crazy expensive either. Like my, when I put the protection on myself to get a $100,000 check, essentially, tax-free, go do whatever you want with it if you get sick, uh, that critical illness insurance for myself, like I said, was about $70. So a month. And if you're thinking that's a lot, if you think about the cost of what it would cost if you were to get sick uh, and the effect that that would have on your whole financial situation and your family, you know, I think it's it's a no-brainer. Well, there's also ways that you can get premium back. Right. Actually, 100% of everything that you put in. There, yeah. there are riders that you can attach yeah. to the yeah. policy. I mean, that's not the reason why you do it, but, you no. know. I think if, that. If nothing, yeah. you never have to use it, well, then you can get the money back. But can we go back to our original question, the comment? That insurance insurance companies, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Clearly, Where does that come from? Uh, I think I'm not saying all. No, there, there are none that are. That's a good question. What is the origin of that? Was there just like a super big it, scam of some sort, and then insurance? I'm going on family. Yeah. What what family has commented? Uh, they, you know, in the Italian community here locally in Vancouver, uh, what the comments were that in the '80s there were a lot of individuals uh, that were. Insurance salespeople oh, okay. that had promised a certain amount at a certain age, and they were, you know, they were right. guaranteeing stuff which the insurance companies couldn't actually do. No, because they're not the ones that were the the, the individuals that were selling it were were misrepresenting okay. what the actual contracts were. So that gave it a bad rap. And, and, but I think that a lot of people have that type of experience, mm-hmm. uh, or it wasn't explained properly. Where then people then tried to make a claim, then they're denied. Right. Where and then I think that we you know we even see this too where where in an application where a question is asked have you ever had this mm-hmm. but it's it's very casual ah oh, don't worry about it mm-hmm. and so they go on recollection and then when the actual claim needs to go through then the insurance company well they're going to look at through everything mm-hmm. going okay make sure everything is all lined up mm-hmm. fortunately you and I our company we haven't had I don't think we've had any denied mm-hmm. no. Um, uh, but I've actually had one. I had one where 
the the for critical illness, the person had not disclosed uh, they had gone through a surgery. Oh, okay. And then so the insurance company. Uh, yeah, and I think that's an important point to make is we've also had, I've had people that have wanted, that have reached out to say, I'd like to get this insurance or protection, but they already have some sort of bump in the road in terms right. of their health. So they already have a diagnosis of a precancerous or they've already had some sort of, you know, they've been ordered an ECG or uh, some, Which you know, is an electrocardiogram. Yeah, some sort of scan or something that they're waiting on to see a specialist. And so now they're worried. Right. Now that invincibility mentality has been ruptured and they're here with a fear. It doesn't feel good to know that, to, to feel that no, you, you could be declined. Totally. Well, then you can't get insurance once you're in that yeah. place. No. But there's critical illness actually you can get on kids. Right. And so what happens is that they have the policy till they're uh, young adults, and then they can g- convert that to an adult. Oh, policy. then they don't have to worry about something happening to their it's health like and interrupting insurance. it. Yeah, but we've had it where parents are like, yeah. "Oh, what? I'm not going to insure my children." Yeah, but again, it it takes uh, someone with that type of mentality to look in yeah. the future. Yeah, all you're doing is you're just allowing them to be to have insurance. Yeah, when they're adults. Yeah, I mean, so I think that that's where it comes from. It's just it's just that people haven't um, actually gone through the process properly. And when it came to, to claim, they were denied or the representative just misrepresented mm-hmm. what, what the actual product was. Which leads to the bad rap. Right. right. I, I, that's what yeah, I think. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I think that's it kind of how everything is where there's a few that's bad apples. That's why you got to work with a professional. Sort of, yeah. And you know what? If nothing else. It takes the time to go through the process yeah. of under Underwriting is actually your friend. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's not, it, it could be an inconvenience, yes, but underwriting the reason for it is that the, the insurance company is going to take on the responsibility mm-hmm. to, to give you money mm-hmm. and in some cases it could be hundreds of thousands or it could be tens of thousands or millions yeah do which would, uh, would you not want them to go through if you're a shareholder of the company to go through due diligence mm-hmm. to make sure that they're 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 probably that you know they're properly paying out mm-hmm. what they should be paying out. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm going a little rant. No, I. You know what? Like I said, this was one of the pieces for me that I felt very passionate about from my own personal experience, and also having seen. You know, I have seen uh, a female friend in her early 30s have to cash out on it. You know, she had this type of insurance. She had two hundred fifty thousand, and she got illness. diagnosed with uh, ovarian cancer. Oh wow. 32 years old. 32 years old. And she, She probably never thought that would never happen to her. uh, I don't think she really had any, you know, I don't think anyone plans to get cancer at 32. I don't think anybody ever plans to get cancer, but super healthy woman, uh, had thankfully just had a beautiful child shortly before um, because after the treatment, she couldn't have children anymore. Mm. But she went through treatment. She took six months off. And came back to work. So I think the leg was between three and six months for everything that she had to have done. Completely cleared the cancer out of her system. Back to work. And felt really no bump in the road except for actually what they did. Her and her husband took the 250 and ended up buying a second property, a vacation property. Oh, really? Up here in Whistler, yeah. And the insurance company had no problem with it? Well, no, of course not. It's their money. So she gets a check for 250 okay. and she, That's like, it. as it works, and she can use it for however she wants. So, so luckily, she, she doesn't was able. have to prove? 
No, no, oh, no. she spent the money? No, she can do whatever she wants with it. So oh. she took the money. I love I love the questions you're asking. Great questions, Yuriko. So she took the money and now has a second property. And it's it's awesome. Whenever I see the pictures on Facebook of her and her son and her husband at the second at the, the vacation home, uh, it makes me smile because I'm like, that's awesome that she did that, you know? And she set herself up. Not awesome that she got sick, obviously, but no, of course awesome not. that I mean, she planned like the reason why and to, that she's on the flip yeah. side with a whole, you know. A, but see, if I can just interject here, mm-hmm. uh, imagine if they had a lot of debt mm-hmm. and it didn't go smoothly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that money could have been used or would have been used in different ways. Yeah. Oh, oh God. If can you? And <clears throat> I don't think people necessarily plan for the husband. So let's say she's the mom, the husband's working, something happens, things go sideways. Uh, there's childcare to think about. There's loss of potential income. You know what time he has to take off, uh, as well as the healthcare expenses. So I think there's just a lot of things we don't want to think about. Like the more I talk about it, the more I'm like, I don't, I don't think people want to think about this yeah. stuff. No, well, of course not. How about disability? Did she have disability insurance? She did. She did. And so on top of that, she was receiving income. Do we want to explain the, the difference between disability and critical illness? So yes, I think it's a great idea. Disability insurance, because people do ask that question. Mm-hmm. Well, if I have disability insurance, do I do need critical illness? Do I need critical illness or if Money, you get the same questions as I get. <laughs> <laughs> We're partners. I know. <laughs> disability insurance. Yes. Is meant to replace your your working income. Mm-hmm. So if you become ill, so the definition of becoming ill for disability is if you become ill and you cannot produce an income because mm-hmm. of that illness. Mm-hmm. And so you have to take time off. Disability insurance will replace that income. Right. Not 100%. 67% or 66.7? Yeah, it will replace a percentage. Right. Two-thirds. Yeah, I'm not saying a specific number just because in a, if right. you're in a country, you're listening in, it's not that. Right. Then it could yeah, be yeah. different. So it's a percentage. Mm-hmm. Now, if you get injured... The injury and, and, and private disability insurance, so if you get yourself here in Canada, again, whatever country you're in, check the details. But here in Canada, if you get private disability insurance, it will cover you 24 hours, oh, wow. seven days a week, so 365 days a year. But you have to really check the details. Make sure that that's the type of policy that you're getting because there's, there's different forms of variations of right. disability policies. But if you do get injured or ill and or combination two, and you can't work, you'll get that replacement income. Now, if you pay for it yourself here in Canada, it's tax free. Mm-hmm. If your employer pays for it, oh, right. they get it's a tax a deduction. Benefit. It's a taxable right. benefit to you. Which is still better than having nothing. Uh, but I do encourage employees to, if they can, and have the option to pay mm-hmm. for themselves. I don't think many people have set themselves, I mean, well, I shouldn't say that, but there's a lot of people, we'll say, who haven't set themselves up that if they have care expenses in that period of time and potentially have dependents as well, you just keep adding layers here, have it set up so that they're able to do that financially. Well, hopefully they, they have... The rainy, rainy day, day fund. fund right? so if and if you, you want, haven't, yeah. listen back. Three weeks ago, we talked about how to build a rainy day fund. Great pitch on the episode. Uh, <gasps> well, it just ties in quite well to what we're talking about here. So hopefully you have that. And so you are able to take care of yourself during that mm-hmm. period of time. But how about if it's long term? 
How about if it's a disability that will last for two years, mm-hmm. five years, God forbid, rest of your life. Right. Yeah, I know two people we that are. I know two people that are on disability that have been on disability for over fifteen years that don't work. I encountered someone two years ago that's been on disability income uh-huh. for almost thirty years. Wow, it doesn't work at all. No, they can't. So, has it been helpful for this person? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I would add on top of that, has this person been a burden on the system, society? Right. I'd say no. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, another, that's another topic right there mm-hmm. where you don't become a burden on, on society. You don't become this financial burden that, that the society needs to take care of you. Your community needs to take care of you. Yeah, maybe we should start, maybe I should start emphasizing that to people too. Because I don't think anybody, when you say the word burden, I feel like, ugh. I get an immediate dislike for that word and not wanting to connect with the idea of ever being a burden. Maybe if we well, helped people yeah, see that do, you don't right. want to be a burden to your loved ones, to your family. You it, know? It's just taking financial responsibility for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think this is a great topic to uh, to tie in everything that we've been talking about for the past, you know, many weeks on financial responsibility. I think this is one part that needs to be addressed. And I think it's something that a lot of us brush over going back to the title with the, you know, invincibility effect or in the invincibility mentality. I think this is something that, uh, is an important piece and I'm glad we're talking about because I think there's a lot of people that hopefully will, you know, if nothing else, listen to this episode and it'll, it'll ignite a, not concern, but a recognition for them that this is something that they should at least talk about, whether it's just sitting down with the financial advisor that, that they have, whether it's, you know, Googling critical illness options for themselves in whatever area they live in and meeting with somebody, speak with an expert and get some information because there are lots of different types out there. Uh, but I think, I'm excited to, you know, in a weird way, excited to share this message. If we can get to more people on a proactive rather than having them come to us to say they're interested in this type of coverage after they've been diagnosed and we know we can't get them any type of coverage, amazing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because how about if you do get better? Right, right. Which actually the, the success rates, uh, this, actually, this morning I was at a, a breakfast um, that was put on by the Canadian Cancer Society. Right. And I was speaking to um, a few individuals there, and what they talked about is that the the success rate of of, of cure curing oneself um, and living a very healthy uh, life, uh, a, a prolonged life, is very high. It's between sixty to sixty five percent on on some of the the cancers that um, that are out there. That's quite high, and right. it's actually climbing. They're actually finding that 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 they're having success with certain types of cancers and, and the, the survival rate is climbing. Mm-hmm. And what they found, actually quite great, great timing because what they're, the pr- people this morning, the topic this morning was the economic side. Oh, no way. Is the longevity, what the financial consequences, which sounds weird. Yeah. But the financial consequences on these individuals that are living longer because of better medicine, better care, but the burden that that's being put onto uh, right. society and also themselves, they just don't have the assets. They don't have the financial assets to to continue to live a comfortable. That's life. so sad. It is sad. It's so sad. But it's in combination with 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 um, 
with the aging population too. Yeah. You know what? If anything, this conversation for me personally, other than me, you know, going back and reevaluating if I have enough coverage myself, I also Well why gonna, you do that during the break. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna take this and and I wanna talk to I wanna reach out to more people that have kind of brushed it off as it won't happen to me and just say, you know, listen to this episode or or let's sit down again and just revisit it. And, you know, give it one more try and, and bear with people that feel the, feel the need to say it won't happen to them or, you know, if we talk about it, it will cause it to happen to them. You know, be a bit more pushy. And, and as much as I hate being pushy, <laughs> I don't really hate being pushy. I will be pushy on this. You know, I'm going to challenge people to make sure that they're set up with this because I don't want to have to deal with the aftermath. I know we're going on a Great. break. Okay. We'll wrap it up. All right. See you on the other side. <laughs> America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Conversations with Money with Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. To reach our show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at CapitalCoreFinancial.com. Now, back to Conversations with Money. Welcome back. Today, we're talking about critical illness and disability and how... uh, our Superman complex is holding us back on achieving great financial success. Or it could be a great financial ruin. Right. The Superman complex. Is that what you call it? The Superman complex? I like that. Yeah. I think it's something that, I mean, let's call it Superwoman too. Super, is it Super Lady? Super. Oh, Super People. Super People. I kind of lose I like though. the, yeah. And I mean, the invincibility effect as we called it. Okay, I think. Superman, Superwoman. Yes. Is, yes. There you go. So just people thinking that it won't happen to them. You know, and I think that's a common thing. So okay, so let's uh, let's let's get into tips. some tips and, and what people could be doing uh, if you are now convinced and see the need <laughs> to actually protect yourself. Protect yourself. Mm-hmm. What can you be doing? All right, step number one. We're going in steps here. Meet with a professional. So why should we meet with a professional? 
well, this isn't something, this is something that, meet with a professional who does this on a day-to-day basis that understands Because it, beca- it can be quite complex. Yeah. And it's not just simply just going, oh. Mm, going to bank and say, I want 25000 yeah, or 100000 Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or I have, a, I have a mortgage and let's tie it to the mortgage. Yeah, no, meet with a professional who understands this, who either has a, spe- you know. A, a, and take the time, spend the time to really look at your own situation. Right. And not just for today. But looking at 10, 20 years down the road. Well, wait, you're kind of jumping to step number three. We'll start with step number one, the professional. <laughs> it all ties together. But, it does okay, all tie so, together. You're right. So, professional. Okay, so, and the no, other. But I'm, but I'm also just trying to explain the reason to meet with a professional. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, um, if Marissa, if you needed um, surgery. Yeah. You know, would you, would you go to. You? For surgery? No. Right, why? Because that's not your level of ex- where your expertise are. Right. I could probably try to fake it. But <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to have nightmares tonight of you operating on me. I wake up and I think it's a surgeon and it's you smirking <laughs> at me. No, of course. So no, I mean, get I'm, a, I'm, I'm meet with a professional. Stay the obvious, right? right? right. But, but even with a doctor, I too. I can't. I would you know, I, I shared the experience, uh, I think, on the phone, on, not on the phone, on, uh, on the show that, um, that I had extreme pain and went to the emergency First doctor came, very, very young, uh, came and said, oh, let's take out your appendix. Right. More senior yes. doctor came in, late, you know, an hour later and go, you know what? Doesn't, let's stay overnight. We'll yeah. monitor you. And it wasn't that. It was just food. Yeah. Can you imagine the unnecessary step of going through that? And actually the, the system being charged to have that surgery done and me having to have the recover time afterwards. Oh geez. Right. Okay, so, so so meet with a professional. Meet with a professional. Make sure because they'll know what what to look for and to help you to get the right amount. And and I would just like to say, drop your invincibility complex at the door. Oh yes. I think we all walk around with it. I'm just as guilty as everyone else that does experience this invincibility complex as well. When you're meeting with a professional, leave it at the door. You know? It's just Tuck it away for a minute and, and take the expertise, take the advice, take the professional advice that's based on experience and statistics and knowledge. You know, don't go in with that, I know better and this is what I think and this is my perception and I'm going to use it. And, you know, we see people all the time that think they know everything and so they're not even taking in the information that you're saying to them, which is real and based on experience and our expertise. Anyway, sorry, I felt a little passionate about that. <laughs> I, I agree with you, and it's it, it is easy to do. It's it's like when I watch sports, right? I, I have an opinion that, right? You know, where that that the team could have done it very differently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if I had coached them, had, no, but, but but great point, great yeah. point on that, and and actually, I, I attended a coaches conference a couple of weeks ago, right? And what I got of it, actually, that's one of the things I got out of it is because they had these professional uh, coaches. Uh, from Scotland, UK, uh-huh. from these professional clubs, soccer clubs, football clubs. And what I got out of it is I, I, I know, absolutely, I'm just scratching the surface right. of knowledge here. Yeah. And I have so much to learn about coaching the game. Yeah. And that, that showed me of when people do come in, they, you know, they can do Google search. I could do Google search on coaching, yeah. which I've done. But doesn't mean I know how to put it in place. Yeah. And it's the same thing with here. You can read up on it, great. But when you come in, just that's why I think it's a great point, Marissa. I'm gonna check, check it at the door. Yeah. You know no, what? Yeah. I, I know enough mm-hmm. to be here. Yeah. And you I know, just don't want to 
I put it together. You know what else I like to say about that, which has kind of been circling around for a few weeks now, meeting with a few people who think they're experts at everything. Know what you're an expert at and know what you're not an expert at. Be okay to say I'm not an expert at everything. I know there's a lot of stuff I'm not an expert in, but I know that I do have levels of expertise in some of these financial concepts and topics. But I'm not, you know, I'm trying to even check myself with that stuff in terms of what do I feel like I know in terms of my level of expertise. But I think the the humble side of, of saying, you know, the know what you're an expert and know what you're not an expert at is beautiful in the sense that it gives you an opportunity to actually hear what right. the expert is saying. Point. The real expert. Right. Okay, so meet with point. the professional and, and leave your invincibility complex at the okay, door. Okay, so what's point number three? Okay. This is where we get into look at the numbers, right? Uh, which I know we say every episode to some degree, whether it's budgeting or understanding your well, but, Okay, expenses. so what do you mean here? Context with disability and critical illness. What would it cost if you needed to take 6 to 12 months off for your housing? What would your fixed expenses be? If you have dependents, what would it cost to keep those, you know, moving smoothly without them having to feel an effect or a burden? Uh, if you have loans and you have debt repayment every month, calculate those in. What is the food cost? What would it cost if you're somebody that you know would seek out alternative health care? What would that cost? You know, actually do some research. Check out with the different clinics. What do they cost a month? What does it cost for an average cancer recovery in a 6 to 12-month recovery period? Well, most professional mm-hmm. advisors would know those those numbers. Right. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. can help you. But then you also have your that. personal ones in terms of your mortgage. So you calculate everything. Yeah, in. you add that in. And don't play like cutting it, you know, tight. You don't want to have to worry about eating. If God forbid I got sick, I would be like, I would want to eat. If I pre- oh, prepared clean, clean, organic, super organic, I would not put anything potentially acidic yeah. or, you know, hard Harmful. on my body. So you don't want to put yourself in a position where you don't have the financial capacity to take care of yourself right. if you get sick. Well, let me add on top of that too, talking about critical illness insurance. Yes. Let's say let's say you earn after tax fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Factor in that maybe you're not going to be able to work for two years. Right. So add in an, an additional hundred thousand yeah. on top of that. Right. Which I also want to speak on disability. So how do you come up with the number? Uh, that that we don't come up with. That's well, based we can on, help. It's based on person. Help, but it's cut, but but I think that just to, to finish what I'm, my point here mm-hmm. is looking at the total earning potential. Right. And so let's just take that same number of after tax income of fifty thousand. Uh huh. And that person earns it, and they're able to work for twenty five years, potentially, mm-hmm. before if they get injured. Mm-hmm. That's one million. $250,000 they would have earned during those 25 years. If they're not insured and they get injured or ill. Well, that's what your calculator's there for. I was like, what's he typing? <laughs> oh, now you get, you let the bag up. <laughs> well, because. I just came out of my head. Yeah, you know, you're just, just a want, human just calculator. Like I'm, I'm smart. <laughs> Come up with those numbers. <laughs> we still think you're smart. $1,250,000. Right. Thanks, Marissa. Yeah. So just looking at that, and mm-hmm. I, I spoke about this on a previous episode. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Uh, and talk about the human potential. Mm-hmm. So over your lifetime, the amount of earnings that you'd make, not just from your salary or business income, but in everything else around that. Mm-hmm. When you remove yourself from the picture, what loss? If you help raise money for charities, what loss would that, that be there? If you're the one that coordinates events a lot of nonprofit or, or you volunteer, what loss mm-hmm. would, is that potential? Mm-hmm. Or that, that, that 
business that you're working on that could have taken off, but now all of a sudden, because you can't, you're taken away, it doesn't get taken. It doesn't go right. Off, right? So I know I'm asking a lot from some from people talking about those type of things, but the more you could think about, and this is where professional comes in, the more that you think about that and have that discussion, I think the more accurate that you can come close to right. ensuring yourself yeah. the appropriate amount. And I think that's a good point that you take on to there, that that's where the uh, professional comes in, because what we don't want is people to get overwhelmed with, oh, whoa, like I got to sit down and figure out all these numbers and projections and income replacement and costs. Sit down. That's why step number one was sitting down right. with an expert. The, the worst thing you could do right now is feel overwhelmed with the information and not address it. So sit down with that expert and really dive and like explore, know all of the numbers that would be associated with an injury and a critical illness. Yeah, so take time. I mean, it should, it should take you no more than, than three hours. No, and it's a disservice to, I mean, it's it's it sounds horrible to so the idea of not taking the time now to invest into potentially protecting yourself to live a, you know, a comfortable life if, if something happened is just wrong. So make the investment now before it's it's a reactive investment. Agreed. Agreed, because you don't want to be reactive. You want to be proactive. As much as possible. Because when you are reactive, like the old saying that uh, uh, you, you you walk into the bank um, um, and, and they'll only give you an umbrella when it's sunny. Right. <laughs> they don't give it to you when it's raining and pouring. <laughs> and so it's the same thing with insurance. Um, I've heard the analogy of uh, someone shared with, with me one time talking about insurance. You know, with an elastic band, yeah. uh, you can stretch it. It goes back to its original form. But you keep stretching that. What happens to an elastic band? Eventually, it actually snaps. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go back to original form. Same thing with insurance. Insurance companies, you can only get insurance when you yourself can go back to your original form. Right. But once that's it, you're broken. So <laughs> if I could term, use it that way, that's it. So... The next step, based on exactly, you know, exactly that, is really just do it now. Start it now. Just do it. You know, what you're saying is exactly, I, I want to add today to the end of all of those tips. Meet with a professional today, and it doesn't have to actually be today. It could be tomorrow. Obviously, you're busy. But no, take send action. an email. Take uh, action today. Yeah, you call know, us. Once you get, exactly. <laughs> Uh, once you get that information, once you have the numbers, you can get quotes. You can get information. It doesn't have to take a long time. It could be done in a 24-hour period of meeting with a professional, figuring out your numbers, getting a quote for disability insurance, critical illness insurance, and you can start it. You can actually put it in place right away. And take a look at the coverage that you may have through your, your company's benefits, um, spouse's coverage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your spouse may have critical illness coverage that you can that you can have and, and just Put it all together. Pull it all together. So you get a complete picture. You know, if we can minimize the amount of people that come in after having been diagnosed or after having gone through something, saying that they're finally ready to to take the advice on critical illness and we know that we can't get it for them anymore, if we can minimize that number of people and have more people really actually starting today, if one person listens to this episode and actually inquires about critical illness insurance or disability insurance that didn't have it prior to listening, I would be happy. And I feel like we're doing Absolutely. Yeah, I I would feel really good about that, knowing that, um, that, you know, walk away from the office, that's... We were able to get people to, even just one family, just mm-hmm. th- knowing that they're well taken care of, that they don't have to worry about money. Again, the, money is just a tool. Yeah, as we talk and about. the reality is we're not invincible. We're not. As much as I would have liked to think that I am, I'm not invincible. No. And unfortunately. So Chris and I are going to go to Mount Everest. <laughs> you're not. It's not Everest. It's gay too. Gay and too. you're not okay, doing so, either. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in this week. And Great show. we hope that uh, you 
you got uh, a lot out of the show and um, are able to uh, hopefully at, we're even able to provoke you into thinking about this where maybe before you may have dismissed it so we appreciate you tuning in and look forward to seeing you next week and until then have, have a, a wealthy week, week. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Franco Calajuri and Marissa Sipolinski again for another edition of Conversations with Money next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wealthy week. Mm-hmm.